So, Sam, last time we talked about the end of World War II and the beginning of the Cold War, or that's what we're going to talk about today. So maybe you could just wrap up World War II and the end of the Nazi regime and where gay people found themselves in Germany in Mm -hmm. 44, 45, maybe 20th of July plot. I don't think we talked about that, if there was anything related to that, but you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, basically, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, um, things start going poorly for the Nazis. They, um, you know, after a very quick set of successes in Poland and France and Scandinavia, um, they fail to invade Britain. They eventually then turn east. They invade the Soviet Union. Always a bad plan to invade Russia. You know, and then uh, in after Pearl Harbor, Hitler sort of astonishingly declares war on the U.S. I mean, this is something I think a lot of people don't quite realize, right, is that we declare war on Japan, but then Nazi Germany declares war on us. Um, and I'm not an American historian, but my impression is that it was by no means a given that Congress would have authorized a war against Germany without some sort of prior provocation. So that brings the U.S. into the war, although obviously through Lend-Lease and so forth that had already been involved at that point, again, I'm, I'm not a military historian, but <laughs> I think most historians agree at that point, things are looking pretty grim for the Nazis, right? They have two sort of major superpowers um, that they're fighting in a two-front war. But of course, it takes years for to sort of bring it to a conclusion. As it becomes apparent that the war is not going well, the Nazis start to face a little bit more resistance at home. I mean, one thing that's sort of shocking is that the Nazis never faced more resistance than they did. There are sort of sporadic, sort of quasi-left-leaning resistance groups, such as the White Rose, um, which people may have heard of, uh, that are basically unsuccessful, basically sort of, I mean, consequential in a moral sense, but inconsequential in terms of their effect on, on society or on the regime. The most consequential resistance movement is the, the July 20th plot, um, which is led um, by a group of, of military officers and sort of old conservative elites, many of them from the Weimar era. Um, and it's led by uh, Count uh, von Stauffenberg, who is famously played by um, uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. I was about to say Tom Hanks, but Tom Cruise in Valkyrie. Uh, And basically, this plot is to assassinate Hitler and use the military to overthrow the Nazi Party dictatorship and replace it with basically a conservative military dictatorship. And these people are not liberals, they're not progressives. Many of them only oppose Hitler because the war is going poorly. Um, There is evidence that some of them were also sort of morally opposed to the Holocaust, but but these people are not sort of... um, necessarily heroes in the the traditional sense, other than they do try to kill Hitler. This plot is also unsuccessful. One interesting sort of tidbit in queer history related to this is that Stauffenberg was part of the circle around the poet Stefan Georga, who was a sort of late 19th, early 20th century I wouldn't call him a gay poet, but he was a, a homoerotic poet, um, you know, deeply homoerotic poetry. He sort of had this very conspiratorial circle of adherence around him called the Georga Circle. And, and Stauffenberg, as a young man, was a member of this. One of Georga's most famous poems is called Secret Germany. And this is probably apocryphal, but it's said that right before being executed by firing squad, Stauffenberg yelled out, long live Secret Germany. 
So that's sort of one interesting tidbit. But in terms of how most queer people are are experiencing things at this point, there's sort of, um, I think I, in in the last episode, I talked about how the death penalty had been introduced for gay men in the SS and the police forces. Um, And this was a death penalty that was actually carried out. Uh, The historian Jeffrey Giles has done work on this and has shown that, in fact, this was not just a a sort of dead letter policy, that that Himmler in the last days of the war was reviewing death penalty cases for for homosexuality. So you have that sort of ramping up within the military. Uh, At the same time at home, because so many men are off at war, um, the police forces are depleted at home, there's a much more sort of humdrum form of enforcement. Um, You know, the, the gay subculture, the queer subculture of the Weimar era was has effectively been destroyed. And people are, gay men are left to sort of cruise for sex in parks, uh, public toilets, baths, these sorts of places. Uh, and you have police officers who are surveilling them, uh, picking them up, arresting rent boys or sex workers. Uh, and, and people, you know, the files I've looked at from this era, most people who aren't in some way involved in the regime or the military are getting sentences of a few months, perhaps, uh, a little longer. And so.